Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where you need to you need to get right up on that guy. Here, let me move this thing over so you don't have to. Uh, Tucker Brookshire, welcome to the Madness Continues podcast. Hell yeah, uh, dude. Go, Are we going? We're already I we're already it. rolling. In and out. This is the this is the show. This is the thing. I love it. This is what we came here for. <laughs> I feel comfortable. I'm I'm uh, soothed and relieved. <laughs> <laughs> Who do I think I am? <laughs> I think part of the fun of watching you perform sometimes is like you'll say a joke and watching your face enjoy the joke as you're saying it. Yeah. Well, you know, I will say that I, I may be a hack, but I do have a lot of fun up there. <laughs> why, why, why would you be a hack? I don't, I don't know if I'm actually a hack. I don't know. I'm trying to be more of a hack. I think I think you got to let a little hack in sometimes, you know. No, what? Who's trying to get? You know, if you're trying to get up and just be, this is art and this is all original. I feel yeah. like good. Go go do, you know, go do performance art somewhere exactly. else. You know what I mean? Comedy. I feel like comedy. The way that that Bert Haas says it at Zanies is he goes, uh, "We're in a business. We're in the business of entertainment, and sometimes that entertainment becomes art." Uh, yeah. It's not the other way around. That's a good point. Yeah. When I think a lot of people, a lot of comics, uh, I, I think they like they, they take this bizarre pride in being uh, maybe like hyper intelligent or whatever. It's like, dude, people are just trying to have fun. <laughs> it's like, I get if you can if you can do that and be funny and and have fun, then then do it. But a lot of people get the two confused. Yeah, man, just they're, that 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 they're there they're there for that cold circle jerk. Yeah, which is a real <laughs> problem. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've been talking a lot about recently about. <clears throat> I think a lot of um, comedians have like, uh, like perspective and point of view confused. Okay, if you know if that makes sense. Like, I think like a lot of people believe that perspective is like like that. I'm I'm this thing, so I have to talk about being this thing. And I think comedy is supposed to be I'm this thing, so I have a point of view on everything in the world. Mm. And I think that's like the big. I think that's like a big, not the big, but a big problem in comedy is people have completely forgotten that, mm. you know. And I'm an idiot, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> this is what this is what I think about when I'm uh, trying to sleep at night. Does that make sense? I try and explain this to people, and I'm not sure if it makes sense. Well, do you mean that? Okay, so are what you uh, here's what I think the difference between those two things is, and this is maybe worth talking about is like there's uh, there's a having a perspective uh, and having a point of view are slightly different because having a point of view, I think, is looking at something from a, a different angle or from right. a from from a different so you can have a point of view on this chair that's in front of us i can have a point of view on this chair most people can have one point of view a comedian can have a different one of the same thing right i think perspective is different because it has to do with distance to or from something mm -hmm. like it's it's difficult for me to have i just said this to somebody the other day it's very difficult for me to have to write about like work we were talking about work a minute ago before this thing started and I, somebody at my office, because I invited them to go, I headlined um, uh, uh, Hamburger Mary's in Oak Park. Mm -hmm. And I invited my office out. And, like, nobody showed up. They never do. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's all right. I don't know why anybody goes to comedy shows every time. I'm pretty sure they think I'm not funny, period. <laughs> just just not That's funny right. at all. And, and the comedy scene would agree with them. <laughs> and so... <laughs> So I invited them all out. Nobody came. But when they were talking about it, they were like, ooh, do you talk about the office? Do you talk about work? And I said to somebody, I'm too close to this yeah. to write about it. I have no perspective because I, my point of view is, fuck this place. I hate this place. It's the worst place. 
<laughs> that's what I try and write all people from work are going to listen to this. It's just probably. anger. I yeah, just, I'm not. I'm not funny. I'm just so upset. That yeah, it's my job that I just everything I say just comes out as angry and not funny. Yeah, that's you know? exactly my. I think that's exactly the same way that I that I feel actually is that it's it's too it's like too much. Yeah. I'm too close. Well, it's like also you know so it's like if you're a um, let's say you're a plumber. It's like you're, and you go up and you you talk about being a plumber, and you're like, here's what it's like being a plumber. I'm a plumber, and this thing happened to me while I was plumbing the other day. It's it's like what you should be doing, in my eyes, is you should be going, I'm a plumber, and being a plumber has given me this view on the world. Because I go into everybody's house, yeah, and, and I, I see things you don't see. Yeah, instead of being like, I'm a plumber and I'm plunging shit, ha huh? ha, you got to be like. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm not making sense, but I am. Well, no, okay. So, all right. So let's. This is at the risk of becoming a conversation where two white people analyze the other's perspectives. Um, that's, that's all I do, baby. <laughs> this is actually the first white-on-white uh, white conversation I've had on this podcast in a in a while. In yeah, some we are time. two white dudes. I think it was it was Tyler Fowler, maybe or maybe Dave Matz, actually, who's the last one on R. here. R. So yeah. I know. That was sad. I went back. He, he, I'm glad I did that podcast, though, because uh, he passed away not long after that. And I was like, at least I got that conversation with him. Yeah. We're like, and I was just being an idiot on it. But like, he is so he was so goddamn funny the whole time he was but, on. Yeah. Anyway, just to get back to the point, it's like I feel like there's a lot of it's not just comedy. It's our entire culture is hyper focused, hyper, hyper obsessed, really, but hyper focused on you are your identity. That's it. Yeah, that's what I'm talking. It's like it's that's not what being a human being is. No, not know? at all. It, it shouldn't matter really. And we're like comedy is so focused on everything in in, in the in the opposite. It's it's so focused on you're this thing, so be this thing. It's like no, you're a human being who happens to be this thing. So that's part of who you are, but that doesn't have to be the only thing you talk about. Like, so let me give you an example. It's not just for, it's it's enforced on people in comedy for, through the cultural marketplace. Absolutely. Yeah. And the reason I, I know that for certain is that I just, I was developing a radio show with two people in New York um, who I won't name uh, because it's still in progress. I, it's gonna, but here's the thing. It's going to happen, actually. So I just had a call oh, the other day. It's going to be on Sirius XM. It might be with uh, a well-known comedy brand on Sirius XM. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. You could say they're the central place for comedy. Uh, so that's All pretty things. That's pretty cool. Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty cool. But I'm here's, here's the headline. I had this call uh, with, with one of my partners on the show. And they were like, this is aw-. They were like, Brendan, this is so exciting. It's going to happen. We had a call with the... You know the the head of content, like it's they're into it. It's gonna happen. Um, one problem, uh, yeah, you you know, like w- they don't want you as a host of the show. Like <laughs> you can be a guest a lot, but like you don't can't be one of the hosts of the show because like you know they really want like another woman on the show. Like they don't want like you're just a white guy. Right. And like these are like my words, not theirs. But they were like they're really interested in the woman on this show. And the other guy, like, too, is great, uh, who's not white. They're like, so, you know, but you're just a white dude. So, and like, these are, again, these are my words, not, not theirs. But, and another thing that happened, uh, the TV show that I was working on, that I've been fucking talking to people about in the comedy scene for the last year, this is kind of interesting because right. we got in with a, um, with a, a network that shall remain nameless, but it's a, 
It's a news network. No names on this pod. I know, dude. I can't. <laughs> it's so weird for me to do that because I feel like I'd like to be the guy who's like, whatever. I just, I'll just share all this shit. Yeah, but like, yeah. I'm actually at a place with these, like, the conversations I'm having where I'm like, fuck, I actually can't put this out in media because if if somehow it does get back, it would actually fuck the conversation up that I'm having. Yeah. Um, with with those outlets. So anyway, I it was a it's a news network, and they got back to us, and they were like, uh, let's talk about this show. Uh, you guys, two out of the three people on this show, this TV show, are like white dudes. And like, I think we kind of got a problem with that. Those are, those are the actual words they yeah. used with us. And we were like, well, one out of three of us isn't. <laughs> like, <laughs> 33%, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and which is, you know, it, it was just a very weird conversation to have in the in those words. That Those were, so in the first instance, those were my words, not the words that I was told with the radio thing. They were like, it just the nuance was very much like, look, they like, I think we got enough white guys, kind of a thing. Yeah, and, which is necessary. I understand that. Yeah, you know? and like, here's the thing. Just to back up, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, uh, I'm frustrated because I'm like, I would love those opportunities, but like, I'm not. There's no animosity in the sense that like, you know, these are decisions that people have to make, and I, I don't have the sense of like, you know, if if this means more opportunities for actually cool qualified interesting funny you know non-white comedians that's good for them like i don't have any problem with it but i'm just saying that those types of decisions are what enforces that on the culture of comedy that we live in yeah so the way the reason that people think about themselves in terms of their identity and then try to create from that space is because that's how they get jobs yeah and you, I, I think that's kind of fucked up. What do you think of this, like, uh, this sort of, like, Andrew Schultz, PC, yeah, he's sort of the wave of, like, I'm going to go the complete opposite direction, I'm going to be kind of offensive, say some wild shit, and people, like, latch on. I think I think that is intelligent for him to do, but I think that's going to be the, the next big wave of a bunch of people who just say wild shit because... It, everyone's so afraid of being PC that they just say the they go the other opposite direction, and then it's just obnoxious. So right now in our culture, Cards Against Humanity has a monopoly on that space. Right. Like in in terms of like a brand that's exploring that place. Yeah. Because Cards Against Humanity doesn't have an identity as a person. Like and they, they can get away that. with it. You know what I mean? That's very true. Yeah. So there's this whole there's a whole um. Not just I say a whole. There's really only one or two, I think. But there are news shows. Um, one of them is in uh, Puerto Rico, maybe. Maybe it's in Cuba. I think it's in Puerto Rico, where there's a Muppet, and the Muppet is the journalist. So like, this is really that's important. This, it is actually because yeah. you think it's like you hear that idea and you're like, that's fucking insane. Why would anybody? But the but the idea is that the actual journalist, there's no person there. So the there's no identity yeah. asking these seriously important questions. There's no ba- no one knows who this it's like whoever comes up with these questions for this Muppet, like they're just read by this one guy who's playing the Muppet. That's brilliant. That's yeah. a Black Mirror episode almost. Ba- that is a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. Because it could be used terribly to destroy society, you know what I mean? Yeah. But the idea is that they're the, there's no identity to ask this question. So the brand functions in the same way. So like Cards Against Humanity is able to explore the space because they're, te- they're a team of people and the brand is the one who has these cards that are like horrible things. And then you, as the player, get to participate in the 
in in subverting uh, political correctness in the space in the ritual space of this game where the rules are suspended right. because you have to because you have these cards in your hand you're limited only to these horrible options so be, it, it's so that's pretty fascinating i've never really thought about it's so for a card game too it's so liberating yeah. because like people get to participate i mean th- this is the point but here's the thing that's important this is the point of uh, of ritual i wish i had i was just recently reading a book called the ritual process and it was a book that was written in the 19 19- 30s where they were uh there was an uh, anthropologist who was going through this uh these rituals of the people of Papua New Guinea and kind of witnessing them and trying to describe what was happening and when it happened and then he was in another chapter relating these back to Catholic rituals and he was saying like here are the same things that are occurring in, in both places this was kind of happening at the same time that Joseph Campbell was writing this book called um Hero with a Thousand Faces and which of which the movie Star Wars is based on, and so I'm sorry I'm doing a ton of talking on this podcast. No, go ahead, but like, do thing. This is interesting. So like, but the thing that's fascinating about this is like everybody has the every we all have to perform the con the the idea of like public like persona. We have this persona that fits in with our workspace our workspaces and our our you know people you know our friends that we see and stuff like this. Yeah, and it, we have inside of us drive somewhere that don't agree with the publicly uh you know fronted uh facade of of uh, who we have to be in our daily lives right and some of those thoughts and feelings become kind of our shadow what carl Jung would describe as our shadow self and those energies have to go somewhere so maybe they go into people play a video game and they start screaming like hateful, horrible things at like the other people in the video game. They don't know who these people are, but like a girl gamer gets on and they're like, "Let's rape this bitch" and say like horrible things, you know? Yeah. It doesn't mean that there's they no identity. There's no identity. There's no responsibility. You don't know who I am. I don't know who you are. I just know that you're a girl, and now you have to hear these things. Yeah, it's pretty terrifying. It's, in it's, a way. It, it is actually because you those same nuts. forces are the ones that are used by, you know, in things like the Holocaust. Like they're. They're seriously. They can be. They can drive people on mass to seriously bad places because you become attached to an ideology instead of your own. That's exactly correct. Yeah. So, what a game like Cards Against Humanity gives, and part of the part of the the fun of playing the game is that you get to exercise those horrible forces that are inside of you in a safe environment, and that actually is ritual space. Yeah. Which is kind of a problem with a lot of open micers, I think, is a lot of them go, oh, my turn to talk, and <laughs> and I'm allowed to be uh, free speech up here, and then they just go, well, why don't I just let it fucking rip, dude? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, well, hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> yeah, the point of, con- this is not, so somebody said to me the other day, I was at an open mic uh, at Shakers, and somebody outside was like, they hadn't started comedy, and I had had a pretty good set at Shakers, and walked outside, and somebody was like, oh, man, that was a really good set, dude. And I was like, thanks, man. And he was like, uh, how long have you been doing comedy? And I was like, oh, a while. How long have you been doing comedy? And he was like, oh, just like three months. You know, this is like my eighth open mic maybe. And, you know, I like it. It's cool. It's cheaper than therapy. And I was like, cool, Christ, man. Christ, have I met this fucking guy? I don't even know his name. <laughs> <laughs> but that like cheaper than therapy thing, I'm like, this is not therapy. You're supposed to entertain for the love of God. <laughs> what is wrong with people? <laughs> Everyone is an idiot, dude. <laughs> Everyone I meet, I'm just like, you are a fucking moron. <laughs> I'm the only smart one. 
You're just like I, I can't. You were talking about your office earlier. Can you let's talk about that again? I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, I'm just like I am. I, I've never really had an office job. I am just blown away by the uh, just the brain dead exchanges that occur every single. I mean, people are just on autopilot till they die. It's terrifying. <laughs> it like freaks me out. I like sit. I like sit in my office and I'm like, oh my god. Like some girl had a balloon by her desk that said she'd been in my my office for like 26 years. Oh Jesus! And I was like, she looks at these wall, these white walls. For twenty six years, and comes in, drinks the same coffee, has the same, goes to the same gym, says hi to the same. I mean, it's just I'm mortified of it. I cannot I, believe. What it. the fuck is the point of your life? You what know? is the point? The point of their life is becomes where are my drinks? Where why, why are we getting new coffee? I like the old. It's like it's such a my. It's the minutia is just t- horrifying. Hey, you were talking about the 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 crisis over the Lacroix yeah, at like, your office. <laughs> these women all drink the same Lacroix, and they didn't get. They, 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 we quit stocking the LaCroix because we got a sparkling water machine and they wanted us to use the sparkling water. So they quit putting LaCroix in the fridge. And these women were like, no, 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 I need my LaCroix. I'm like, who fucking cares? <laughs> it is a beverage. Oh, God. I'm, get a, I'm getting angry. I can't I, talk about yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. Did you get a soda stream? Is that what came into the office? I can't, I, I, boy, if I knew the name of that, I'd be ashamed of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking, I, I think sitting in this office and just looking at his, I've been thinking a lot about dying recently. <laughs> I'll just be at my desk like, holy shit, I'm going to be dead, I'm going to be dead, I'm going to be dead, I'm going to be dead. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is all I think about before I go to bed most nights. <laughs> I'm like, it's five days a week I wake up and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I There's know. so many meetings that I'm in in my day job where I'm sitting there and they're talking about like, look, we're talking about the TAM project. You know what I mean? Like, how, how are we going to find that our targets in this marketplace? Like, we've got, we've got, you know, 3,000 potential accounts that we could go after. And how do we divide those in a way that makes our SDR teams align across oh. all of the Amer region? Oh, I can feel souls leaving the building, dude. Oh, yeah. And there's oh. people are so worked up and I'm like, we're going to be dead one day. Yeah. Are we going to be proud of any of this? It, dude, it's all, all office jobs are, it's all teams, emails, and like reviews you gotta how's your team doing did you get that email we're reviewing how your team is doing with the emails <laughs> it's just con it's a constant i mean i just i cannot believe i think you it. just discovered a bit man that was a, that i've already tried it no one thinks it's <laughs> no funny thinks it's <laughs> <laughs> people are like dude shut up <laughs> i wanted to start i was thinking about the i i um i ran into mary lorenz at an open mic do you know who mary lorenz no, is she's a, she's a comic who uh, she kind of fell out of this. She kind of falls in and out of the scene, but she's been a comic for a long time, and um, is really funny and a good joke writer. And she just got a job as a global communications uh, director at like some company. Yeah. And her opening joke was she was like, "I just got a glo- I just got a position as a global communications director at like blah 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 company." Um. Anybody here? Does anybody here? Can, can anybody here tell me what that is? And like anybody here is like, and she goes, because I have no fucking idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on a bit about how everybody's job title is some made up bullshit. Oh, it's so ridiculous. Every, everybody's a account management firm man for the yeah. industry leader, blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah. You do nothing. <laughs> you email. All people do is email. It's oh, or, they, or they slack. That's the other yeah. thing. Do you have slack at your office? What is that? So, oh my god, dude! Like slack lining? No, 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 uh, no! Jesus, that's uh, a fun office. That's <laughs> another. What is slack lining fun? Who knows? It doesn't look like it, but 
Whatever floats your fucking boat, you bunch of weirdos. <laughs> I just I used to live in Boulder, Colorado, right across the street. Oh, from the me. home of slacklining. Oh, the home. Yeah. Oh the, my god. The mecca of slacklining. People slackline toward Boulder, Colorado, four times a day. <laughs> They're like, oh, I got to get out of work and go stand on a rope for three hours. <laughs> People, I lived right across the street from North Boulder Park. Yeah, and it was just the number of people who would slack. I could just see them out my window. What is? Is it? Is it balance? Is that like what's so intriguing? I have no fucking idea what it what it really is for. A lot of I, hot chicks do it. Tons of them, <laughs> and really skinny dudes with long hair. Attractive people are fucking dumb. <laughs> Like, I'm going to get out here and uh, put a rope between true trees, see how long I can stand it's on it. It's so insane because, like, I had a a, a, a friend of mine ran this uh, social media thing for a while, and he needed help. And I knew one person who, like, needed a job at the time, and I connected the two of them. She was super duper into slacklining. And, like, I connected them, and he looks at her, like, social media, and then he messages me back, and he's like, dude, she has, like, 45,000 yeah, followers. Yeah, they have a following, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you, everyone's an idiot, dude. Everyone's a fucking moron. Can you imagine being like, oh my god, I gotta follow the slacklining chick? I'm balance. You're balancing on a rope. Oh, it's insulting. <laughs> like three feet above the, not even above the ground. I have like that's some. I have like a something. Maybe it's some. It's clearly a me problem, but I have such a hard time. Like when people like dumb things. I'm like, are you, are you stupid? Why do you like? That? And I'm like, oh, my favorite thing is stand-up comedy, which is one of the dumbest things of all time. I just like, I cannot get my head past, you know. I mean, I have to admit, it's like we're standing around basically complaining. Oh, that's the whole. That's the whole thing. I mean, it is an. Ins- I mean, it is completely ridiculous. I really struggled the idea of how real, how completely ridiculous it is, and the amount of narcissism involved. And I feel like I'm a reasonably self-aware, intelligent human being. And it's like, why am I so driven to this like incredibly narcissistic behavior? Oh yeah. But then it's like everything you could do that with art, music, any sort of thing that involves any creativity demands some sort of narcissism. I think. Well, I think that like you know, I, I it is and it isn't because I think that what I've been really focused on lately is trying to solve the problem in my head. What work can comedy do in the world? Like, what yeah. work does it actually do in the world? Yeah. Like, what value does that have for other people? Obviously, it's like, if you're laughing and you're having a good time, that's that's the the value is right there. Yeah. But I think that there's, like, there's bits and jokes and things that I hear sometimes that cause me to walk away. Like, Chappelle's um, The Bird Revelation. Yeah. That that, that that had an impact on me. Oh, yeah. I've watched yeah. it so many me times, too, probably yeah. half a dozen times since, yeah. it, since, since the first time I watched it. And every once in a while, I'll come home, if, especially if I have a hard day at work, or like some shit's going wrong with the projects I'm working on. And I watch that and just there's parts of it that are so like he's re- it's almost like he's re- he's reaching beyond, you know, the veil of time and space and grabbing something from the ether and then pulling it back in. Yeah. And you're like, "Ooh, that sounds so cool." Yeah, you're like, <laughs> "What did he just do?" Like the, just the opening statement where he's like I always say the funniest th- where he's like the the funniest thing to say is sometimes the meanest thing to say. Yeah. And I always say the funniest thing and everything is funny until it happens to you. Yeah. And then like the show starts and you're like, what the fuck? It's all it's sincerely. It feels like I mean, the bird revelation makes sense because it feels like you're watching a virtuoso jazz performance. Yeah, I mean, he's unreal. Yeah. Like something's coming out of that's what I mean. It's like he's channeling something from another space kind of during that performance. Yeah. He's one of these guys who just I mean, Chappelle just talks. He speaks in comedy. 
like his cadence, his voice, beyond being like a great joke writer, he his he just talks in the language of comedy. And there's only there's like Seinfeld and maybe like four or five other comics ever have done, like maybe prior, where he, he could go. I mean, I, there's like four hour clips of him on the internet where he's just talking, mm. and he just talks into a joke because he is like he he speaks the language of comedy, yeah, you know, which I think takes thirty. Five years, however long he's been doing it, to get to that point. Yeah, you know, I got nineteen more. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we don't die by then. Yeah, I know, right? I'm thinking a lot about it. <laughs> oh, I, dude, I think I, I think I keep having this image of I'm like any day now, Trump's gonna hit the red button, mm-hmm. and it's just the whole thing's gonna go and up. That's it. And I'm gonna be eating a fucking bagel, and all of a sudden, my yeah, you're gonna face be, is gonna melt. You're gonna be surrounded <laughs> by your office ladies complaining yeah. about diet Pepsi's and in the office. Just a flash, and then that's that's the last thing I hear. We we ran out of diet Pepsi in my office once. Uh, for not just one day, for like three or four days, and by the end of that week, all of the chubby women in the office oh, I can't thought imagine. they were gonna fucking murder. I thought they were gonna band together and murder the office manager. Listen, o- old white people above the age of forty drink diet soda like it is fucking water, dude. I think they're competing to see who can get the biggest kidney stones. Yeah, that's what. That's how they get it, dude. Kidney. That's how you get kidney stones. Diet drinks. I read a whole thing about it. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I'm I'm brilliant. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> Uh, dude, so this fashion show, you need another old style, by the way? Oh, no, I'm good. I, I can't be drinking too much this early. <laughs> I just like to loosen up, you know? If I, start, if I have two beers, that's it. I'm gone. The horse is out of the, it's out of the stable, and I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm to the races. <laughs> is it just a downhill slide from there? You're like, if I got t- a couple, then I'm just, I'm yeah, into I, it. I think I have a, uh, problem. <laughs> um, I told my doctor once, I, uh, I went to the, I think I got a checkup, right? And I went into the I went into the uh, I went into the the place to get the the doctor's office. And so I was talk and she's like talking to me and she's like, uh, "What do you, you know, how often do you, how many drinks do you have a week?" I mean, she just asked me these questions. You know what I mean? Like how how, how much sleep are you getting? How much like blah, blah blah? How many drinks do you have a week? And in my head, I'm like, "Well, I pro- I go out and do comedy most nights." Yeah. And I was like, I probably average like five nights a week doing comedy. I probably have a couple drinks each one of those nights. If I'm not doing comedy, I probably have a couple drinks on the weekend. So I was like, I don't know, probably like 12, 13 a week maybe. He's like, you should quit comedy. You know, the next line that she said is she kind of like stopped writing and then she went, do you drink in the mornings? And I was like, no, I don't drink in the mornings. <laughs> That's, you could have led with that. It's like... And she's like, "Do you drink to cope with the stress?" The she said something like, "Do you drink to cope with the the stresses of life?" And I was like, "That's the only reason anybody drinks. <laughs> like, that's what <laughs> cigarettes are for." <laughs> no, no, I do heroin for that. <laughs> yeah, it's like I got my own thing. <laughs> I've been to a doctor in so long. Uh, uh, dude, so tell ta- we talked about it earlier, but talk about the uh, the fashion comedy show you just got done. Uh, we I just ran the show with a uh, page Blair called Come Correct, and it was like uh, we got a bunch of bunch of local design some one of them was local i think another one was she like flew in from somewhere um we we and we had basically local designers go up and show a line of like 12 to 14 looks and then we'd have comics go up in between the the designers and they would um do 15 minutes 
And then we closed the whole show with this like incredible drag performance. It was amazing. Amy Shanker did the show, and Kelly Howard, right? Kelly Howard and um, Alex Cuman. Oh, Alex Cuman did yeah, it. That's yeah, yeah. right. They crushed. Got it. Me and Paige really bombed up front for the nice. record, everybody. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Just ate a clean one, but that was our fault. <laughs> what, did you guys really? You, I'm sure you did fine. Oh, no, no, no. I'm being completely truthful. We ate it. <laughs> <laughs> why, why did you? Why? Why was it so weird? Uh, we just tried to. I think we didn't know what exactly we were getting into with the audience. And so we tried to kind of riff and just introduce. Got it. And I, I think I, tr- I tried to hit on Paige's mom at one point. And I talked about the audience seeing me naked. And they, they, they were not feeling it. But everyone else was unbelievable. Uh, see, yeah. this is what's so weird is I feel like. For for so many shows that like it's I just for so many shows it feels like if you're up early and trying to create this it the, tough. the space it just feels like especially for a show that could be a fashion show yeah. that crowd is not used to watching they comedy. had no idea what the hell they were getting into yeah, I asked were, I was like do y'all get what this is they were like no <laughs> <laughs> how do you not everybody has Netflix I know everybody crazy. has seen stand up comedy do you not how do you not get the rules of this I don't know. You know what blows my mind, just on speaking on us bombing, is when you ever like see a comic, you're, you're at a show with a comic, and they just eat it, and they just bomb, and you're like, oh, that was awful. And the next day, they post a picture, and they're like, had a great time last night at the blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and there's like, like a photo. Fo- you were horrible. A, fo- a photo by like Sarah, whatever her name is, and, <laughs> yeah. and she's just, or Forrest Lefebvre. Yeah, and they're like, oh my God, I had a blast. I'm like, dude, you didn't get a laugh. <laughs> you <laughs> left after your set. Why are you putting that up on the internet? <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny, man. That's so real. Everybody does it. It blows my mind. Everyone's an idiot. <laughs> You're really getting into it on this thing. I know, man. You're in a. You're. I can't tell what kind of space you're coming from today. <laughs> I'm in a great mood. This is. This is just how I am. <laughs> well, the the fashion comedy show thing kind of made sense because I I've, I've one. You got the the. I don't know what it is online show that you do where you're walking around where. Uh, yeah, untucked. I'm I'm st- I'm starting that back up very soon. Who's um filming you on that? The kid, Matt Garalski. Oh, that's King. right, Matt Garalski. He gets after it. He does all that. He edited our our promos, everything. He's an animal. Yeah. Yeah. He's like uh he he's does got the music, got all his equipment. Yeah. He's like editing on Final Cut probably. Yeah. Or been, or something. I've been meaning to do more of those. It's it's crazy. It's like a 4-minute video, but it takes us like 9 hours cuz we got to we got to go to the store, we got to shop, we got to do all the comeback, and then he has to make a whole song, and then the editing process is like we got to pick and choose. I mean, it's like takes so long for a little Wait, bit. he makes the music? He makes the music like from scratch, he'd make everything. Jesus, it's crazy. that's amazing. Yeah, I should have Matt on here. Yeah, right. He's the guy is t- to the kid. He's talented. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. I'm just trying. I just I've been thinking of recent again dying about. Uh, <laughs> I just I just want to do cool stuff, you know, and uh, no matter what, just try and be. Um, I don't know, genuine in my efforts. That sounds so. Wh- fucking what do you mean? Gay, coo- what do you mean? Cool stuff. Just, you know, I, like when I die, I want to be able to look back and okay, what is wrong with me? I just want to be able to look back and go, you know, oh, man, I, I didn't waste this shit. And I like tried my best to like put stuff out into the world that wasn't boring and, um, you know, give a real effort to this whole thing, this whole life thing. Yeah. Like you know? you're not you didn't spend your days arguing about LaCroix. You, yeah. You, you made four minute videos looking at a thrift store. Yeah. Clothing. Yeah. Like I got a web series, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cool stuff. Nobody's got a web series. <laughs> here's what's weird about that. Here, but here's what's so weird about that. When you did it, is I I watched I've watched all of them. Oh, thank you, buddy. I and appreciate it. The strange thing about it is like 
you 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 have you almost uniquely have this where and I, do, I don't I don't mean this in like a it's gonna sound like I'm insulting you and I swear oh, to God I'm not. I don't give a fuck it, there wasn't like a a punchline in the whole thing yeah I don't know how to do that yeah yeah but what's weird is that you've strangely turned that into like a strength where like I'm watching the thing and I'm like oh just this is like kind of a nice groove like I would just yeah. watch like well a lot of that is Matt pick I mean you imagine filming me for two hours and having to watch clips and pick out the funny I mean it's a real nightmare <laughs> for the guy behind the camera but for me it's it's a blast I gotta have Matt on here now <laughs> yeah like but the, the no but like the final product is like so you're like yeah this is like I could you could see this like you were talking about like I, I was like what do you I think I, I think I messaged you afterwards and I was like what 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 it what, like what's the goal with this project? Because I was just so curious about it, and you were like, I don't know, I'm just trying to explore kind of where just make something cool. So you know? that's exactly. I feel like there doesn't have to be. We live in a world where everything is so focused on like, what's the point? Where's the end game? What's the end goal? Where's where where is this going? And you're like, sometimes it's just cool to like like today. This is cool. Like I've just started doing this podcast. Yeah, I didn't interview people when I first started. I just was talking in like a Bill Burr style, talking in a microphone. For, yeah, yeah. For an hour, just stream of consciousness. And um, and I still do that every once in a while. But since doing that, uh, I started deciding to invite people I knew on here. And one guy was a dude who wrote a book about the philosophy of humor. And oh, it's that's the, fascinating. Yeah, it's called uh, Laughing at Nothing, Humor as an Answer to Nihilism. He's a philosopher of nihilism, technically. But he really... I would hate this guy. <laughs> he actually is, he's actually awesome. Okay, good, and like, good. <laughs> he's such an interesting dude. And his name's John Marmish. And he's... Uh, unsurprisingly uh from scott scottish ethnically and uh my family's scottish as well and it's I'm so sure funny because we, yeah. we like connected about it and i just messaged him recently and he was like hey uh he's like hey brennan just nice talking with you by the way putting we're, we're putting together the first philosophical journal of humor ever and he's like if you want to submit something to it i'd be more than happy to like review it whoa hell yeah so i joined that that academic group as a comedian, yeah, that would have never happened if I never started this podcast. Yeah, I've interviewed uh, like some really interesting people. I just got a. Do you know who Jocelyn James is? No, she's a really famous porn star. I had an affair with Tiger Woods. Oh, how do I? I I find I should know anything. It's that. <laughs> <laughs> how dare I? Yeah, Can I we mean, rewind. <laughs> I just like I just messaged her. I just got an email back from her today. She's going to do this podcast. Oh hell yeah! So like she's a. She turns out she's a friend of a friend. Like. I would never have, even if I knew she was a friend of a friend. Right. I would never have an excuse to talk to her. And that's an interesting person. Porn stars are fucking interesting. Dude, it is so. Their world is so fascinating. Yeah. Like I and it, and there is some crossover. Like I talked with Sylvia Sage. She's a porn star and a comedian. Yeah. She did comedy before she did porn, and it's really fascinating to talk to her because the world of I I really think this is true. The world of porn and the world of comedy have this strange overlap yeah because like sex is something you do naturally comedy is something you do naturally. people are just funny naturally yeah but it takes a strange kind of person to go let me take that one pleasurable experience in my life and perform and build it. my entire identity professionally around it right here's the thing i've been thinking about a lot i i think so these like mega church pastors who are super hip and they wear you know fucking expensive outfits hear me out yep and they wear all these wild you know i think i think that and comedy are so fucking close to each other <laughs> because you have this one guy who's speaking for 60 or so minutes at a time yep and there there's like this devout audience who's hanging on his and they're clapping and yep. they're cheering yep it is the only difference is the funny 
Well, Sam Kinison used to be a, yeah. a a preacher. My pastor at my church, I, I grew up Presbyterian. The pastor at my church was a stand-up comic from L.A. Of course, of course. And he ended up like joining the. He just kind of like decided this was a, a direction for him. Yeah. And he he really I guess felt like you know he he stepped into the world of of faith and then became a pastor. Yeah. I I was on this wormhole and this guy Stephen Furtick, who's like this like mega pastor, whatever the lunatic, whatever. He's doing <laughs> he's doing 60 second motivational clips every day where you can subscribe to his Instagram or whatever and every day you get a 60 second you know him preaching the word of God it's the same thing as a comic putting out a 60 second joke with oh, totally. it's just the only thing different it's like you're saying about porn and everything the only thing difference is the thing yeah comedy or like dude porn stars do the same thing they put out like a picture of them like rubbing their titties together yeah. for 60 seconds and then on. i double tap dude bing 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 screenshot it screenshot it screenshot it screenshot it <laughs> These chicks on Instagram, dude, it is unbelievable. There are so many hot women to look at all day. It is not good for the head. You no, know, it's super fucked up. It is it, fucked up. I think it's I think it's really super fucked up, and it's fucked up for them. I think mm-hmm. it's fucked up culturally. To, I mean, like Joe Rogan talks about this on his on his show a lot. Yeah, but it's like I think it genuinely is like there's a there's a really strange like the idea that there's suddenly so much specific folk like there's a girl who just like their whole thing is just her on stairmasters at the gym oh yeah and it's like <laughs> 350,000 followers and i bet i'm one of them buddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the sad thing is is that that it's it's so clearly fleeting and then they have to post a new one every day a new titty picture a new bikini picture yeah. and it's like one day that's going to be gone and that chick is going to have to come to terms with just being a human being. Yeah, but then also, like, all of that attention and interest and all of that, like, none of that is fulfilling. No. Like, it's not like sex isn't fulfilling, but that's not that's not what that is. Yeah. It's not the same as looking at a painting. It's not the same as, you know, contemplating what, <laughs> you know, like, asses in, in paintings or something. It's pretty funny to think about, like, in a museum one day, just, like, a picture of some Instagram model. Yeah, ass. which one do you choose? <laughs> yeah. Which one do you choose? There's You're thousands. Like, this is Picasso, and this is... You know, whatever these ass models are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, and it's really such a modern problem. You know, it's like, it's this only exists because of, you know, people are on their phones all day. And what are people going to look at? No. Tits, dude. That's it. But, because you're just like, what the fuck? And I find myself like, I know what I'm doing shitty in my, in my life. Like, I know, I know I don't have things going on in my life if I find myself doing that shit, like, yeah, regularly. Me too. I, I'm, I unfollow hot girls like twice a week and then fall them back like three weeks later. Cause you're like, Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so hot though. <laughs> <laughs> what do I have? You know, it's bizarre. Cause like, that's none of that sex. None of that. Like they, like there's this epidemic of like men who are like, you know, incels and people like this, yeah. what they say, like, I just was talking with no, who else would ever, ever talk to about this, but William Petit, but I just, spoke uh, with, shout with, out to that guy. I just, I just I'm spoke a big with fan. I thought me and him are, 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 are pretty tight. I talk to him like almost every day. And, he was talking about that this that he read this study like he he gets his mind blown and then he like calls me and he's yeah. like shit dude we gotta talk about this but there was a study that said that in the last 20 years so like the rates of how much sex people are having stay actually more or less pretty consistent yeah that they don't vary very much that with the exception of like the sexual revolution where it goes up a bit like doesn't change very much but in the last 20 years this has taken a real dive for most people yeah they say like the 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 average like the 70 percent average of men who have had sex with a with w- one new partner in the last year fell like 
a, oh, I mean, a, quite I a imagine. bit in the, yeah. during that period of time, but particularly in the last five years. And it's crazy because getting laid is easier than ever. Yeah, you would think. Yeah. But what's weird is that the number of women who have had partners apparently has uh, uh, more than one partner in the past year has actually gone up for this like cohort of women. I don't remember any of these statistics, but the thing that he thought was really fucked up and that we were talking about is that the number of, so here's the thing. If most men, if the largest cohort of men are not having more partners, but most, but, but a large cohort of women are having more partners, then who are their partners? Right. And it turns out it's the 0.1% of like men at the top of this spectrum are having like an insane increase in the number of partners that they have. Right. Okay. This is interesting. But all of that is enabled by technology. Yeah. So it's like if I'm some fucking hot, rich, like, you know, good looking dude who lives in New York, I can like swipe. I have like not only only do I have one app, I have like three apps that all work in concert with each other. Yeah. And like just match nonstop with like women. Yeah. Who are busy and don't want a relationship because they're working too hard. Yeah. And so I'm just like, let's meet up and fuck. And then they like will go and do it. Dude, I mean, to be quite frank, I mean, I am I spend quite a lot of time chasing pussy. (laughs) And it is like if I spend that amount of time doing anything else. Yeah. My life would be dramatically better. How many more episodes of the web show would you have? Exactly. I would. I'll tell you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go three months in between each one. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I mean, my God, dude, getting laid is like so easy if you have if you have fourteen hours a day to try at it. <laughs> if you just don't spend time on anything else, if you don't pay your bills. <laughs> but I mean, like you got you do other. St- I mean, you're out grinding a lot. Yeah, I feel yeah, like. yeah. I mean, I'm kidding. I I, I try and bust my ass. So I don't know. I try and um again, you know, I, I I feel really like I moved here to do a thing, and um I didn't move here to be any I didn't move here to be a boyfriend I didn't move here to be anything I moved here to be a comedian, which just sounds like the worst human being of all time. Hey, where did you move here from? Uh, North Carolina. Ah, uh, uh, well, why here and not New York then? Well, I um. I'd never done comedy before I moved here, and I was like so desperately afraid of it, and I was like mortified. And I was like, if I go to New York, I was afraid I would go there, bomb, and then just give up immediately. And I was like, if uh, I go to a smaller city, I can bomb and still like have faith. But I, I was like, if I go to New York and bomb, that's the best. Well, it's when did get. you start? When was the first set you did then? Uh, September of 2016. Of oh, 2016. Okay, yeah. got it. I didn't realize you were here. You will. It'll be three years for you. Yeah, very soon. I lived here four. That took me a year. I moved here, then slept on the ground for a year. And was like very sad and alone before I got the nerve to do it. It was crazy. Are you serious? Yeah. You why? I can't believe that you don't seem like a guy who. Oh, it was the scare. Well, because you know, I I I attached so much of my identity to being a comedian and being funny, and I was like, I knew I was a comedian before I ever did it. I was just like, I know that's who I am. But I was like, if I'm not funny, that's a destruction of my entire view of myself. Got it. And I was like, if I if I go out and try this and I fail, I'll never be the same ever again so i had this insane f- i mean i was like yeah i would fear of failure i would drive to mike's and sit in my car in north carolina for like an hour and a half and then drive home i did that for like a year before i moved wow yeah it was crazy it's that's and, that's amazing and then my first time here i i went to a i went to i think it was wish you were beer at spinners and i i like i thought about it all day and i was like okay fuck it, i'm gonna go and i like walked to the uh i walked to the mic it was like down the street from my house and I opened the door to the bar, and I, my heart was just pumping like crazy. And I was like, no, I can't do it. And I turned back around, and I sat at the bus stop for 15 minutes. 
and I was just sitting there thinking about how big of a coward I was, and I moved here, and I came to do it, and I'm sitting there, and the bus is coming. I'm like, fuck, I'll just go home, and the bus just fucking drives right past me. Whoa. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I've got no choice. And so I you went, went to, back in and did yeah, it. And then bombed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course. Yeah. It's it's amazing to me. That's uh, It's funny. I had the similar thing. Is like I'd done comedy so much of my life. I started doing improv when I was 14. Really? I started doing stand-up when I was 16 years old. Really? And it was weird because I've gone through periods in my life where I'm like, I I have to do well. Yeah. And it's, that, it's scary, man. It puts more pressure on you. And then it's like then that it's that perspective thing we were talking about. You're too you're too close. Yeah. And you can't you have you can't play around, you can't have fun. And if you can't have fun, you can't be funny. Yeah. Your whole life has been like the funny guy and when you don't when you're not that, when you're when you're bombing, you're like, Oh my god, I my whole life is incorrect. And it's just there's no worse feeling. It makes you So how did you get over it? How do you cause you started grinding and I saw I mean I would see you a lot. Well I I mean, you know, you I bombed once, and then the next night I I kind of killed because I was like fucking around. I don't and I you know you, the second you get one kill, not, I mean again an open mic kill it was you know I probably had three laughs, but it's like the second you get one, and you're like okay, uh, that's that there it is, and you just like you it's like fucking hair it's like shooting heroin and going okay well I'm this is what I'll do forever I'll just <laughs> until it kills me you know yeah find what you love and let it kill you. <laughs> I think that's like a Bukowski <laughs> quote. <laughs> and boy, is this shit killing me. <laughs> I'll follow up on that, Charles. <laughs> Old Chucky. <laughs> Old Chucky. <laughs> Chucky B. Uh, it's just very interesting to me because I, I don't, I wouldn't have thought that was, you had so much trouble with that to start yeah. out with. Yeah, I struggle with a lot. I, I, I'm fucked up. I got a lot of, um, I don't know, I got a lot of issues. <laughs> I'm all, I'm all sexually fucked up. I'm mentally fucked up. I'm sad. I'm anxious. I'm a, I'm a just a little. I mean, it sounds like a no. Any comic I know, man. Yeah, I mean, the boy do I like, fit right in. I know, right? <laughs> I just think it's funny to me because, like, my sister just had a baby, uh, who I have not met yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, I'm horrible. <laughs> I don't worry I'm about so it. bad. I mean, she just had it. So it's coming up on week number two for that. Oh, for, you're good. for that you're kid. Good. And I kind of feel like I really need to call her or text her, but I kind of feel like. I I really want to meet my niece, but I also feel like my sister is probably exhausted. Oh yeah, I can and only imagine. me coming and visiting, I just hey, like yeah. I just don't think it's the time. Right, I like give her like a month to like chill. Yeah, and then like we'll you know then we'll see. We're gonna go out soon. So women push fucking people out of out their, of their vaginas. Yeah, and then we won't pay them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean the world is. Fucked, dude. <laughs> it is crazy. Yeah, unpaid work, unpaid labor, yeah, literally. Yeah, they they should be paid for that. If you have a baby, you should get like a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> you really, I mean, like it's insane to think about that, but you really should. I mean, yeah. you know, like every other modern country on the planet, every other one provides so many things mm-hmm. for new mothers. You get paid time off. You get checks from the government. You get like in France, they they will pay they will pay people to come and take care of your child and take care of you in the first like three to four months after That's giving birth. That's how it should be, dude. Yeah, and oh. like over here in the United States, we're just like, hey, great. They're like, get the fuck back in great. here and we're send gonna, that email. Now you can <laughs> claim them as a dependent. Yeah, it's insane. That's it. Get back there and send that these, email. Some of these women at my job, they they like shut their door and you know they're pumping in their office or whatever. Yeah, I'm like, these poor women are sucking milk out of their titties while they're emailing people. <laughs> 
and then just going like to court or whatever. It's yeah. like, dude, if you asked me to do that, I would quit. <laughs> dude, I yeah, I can't agree with any man at all. Oh, you got you, you want can't. me to suck what out of my uh, titties? Absolutely not. I like football. <laughs> While I'm on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I better be getting paid overtime. <laughs> This is time and a half, man. I don't <laughs> lactate on nobody's dime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't lactate unless someone sucks it out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I really do like the, the... It's funny, man, because I feel like... Here's the thing. This is going to make me sound like such a fucking misogynist probably in this on this podcast. Oh, uh, fuck it. <laughs> I just feel like at this point you can paint me with whatever brush you yeah, want. Yeah, who gives a shit? But I kind of feel like... I genuinely feel like women are underappreciated and, and, and there is a, a tremendous amount that that th- that that this country particularly should be doing to recognize like and make life easier specifically for women but really yeah. for for everybody in a variety of ways but specifically for women in the way that I just was talking about like you should like France has a great plan for mothers the United yeah. States has no fucking plan for mothers yeah so it was just insane cuz we put a man on the moon you know what i mean like let's you know let's get it together but at the same time i feel like we're living through this very weird kind of bubble of like women power women like do shit like girl boss the future is female like all this stuff and i don't know that that's productive or good necessarily yeah i mean anything all the way in one direction is bad anything where it's like you know complete you got to have a little balance in everything like like i just kind of feel like there's this whole like hashtag you know culture where like somebody's like yeah hashtag feminist i'm like i don't i don't know if that's helping women get equal pay or yeah or time off after having a child or you know subsidized birth control i don't think any of that is helping yeah i think like the fact that more women are getting into political office i think is good oh absolutely these fucking men are retarded (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna get I'm never getting booked again after this pod. <laughs> We're saying retard and shitting on women. <laughs> oh my god. I said the I said the R word in front of a friend of mine the other day. Retard's in full comeback, baby. I'm gonna say it right now. Oh, I said it with a hard R and she was so mad at me. She was like, I really appreciate it if you didn't say that word. And I was like, Why is there a retard I'm offending around here right now? <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> Dude, the thing is, in my eyes, it's like, look, dude, yeah, that word's probably a little offensive, but guess what? You can't not say a word forever. (laughs) I just think, look, if policing our language worked, exactly problems would why would we be having these same problems? Yeah, and if that if that was that's just not our biggest problem. No, I just our biggest problem is Mexicans. (laughs) (laughs) Preach, brother. Let's get into it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm telling you, man. I just like I'm not offended by. Like there's literally nothing offends me. <laughs> I've never. I don't. I don't think I've ever been offended in my entire life. I don't. I. You know what? I don't know if I have either. Yeah. I don't think that I've ever t- had a moment where I was like, oh, the, in the way that I watch people, like have visceral reactions. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever had. Yeah. Time when I've been because a lot of that like people talking about like oh, that's really offensive. I don't think I've ever. Uh, actually, wait. I take that back. I think I have. The one time that I ever really feel like I had that was Shroop Kareem came out to Edinburgh to do the show that I produced there a couple years ago. Yeah. And Shout he, out to Shroop. Good egg. Love that guy. Great guy. And uh, he almost got turned away at the border. And he told me the story of how he... And he had to actually take out... He had to have the border control person in Edinburgh in the airport open the... Oh, my God. Open the Fringe Festival program, find the show that I had him on, 
And then he had to show his Facebook messages that I booked him oh on the show. Fucking God. To dude. the person. And then because my name was in the fringe program and I was the one messaging him, they let him in. And uh, that is insane. Yeah. And then, and that compared with how it was like, I walked up and they were like, cool, come on in. Like to me, that actually made me really mad. And that, that, yeah. that was probably one of the first times that I ever felt like, oh shit. There, I mean, this makes me feel like such a f- asshole for not feeling this way previously. But like, I was like, "Oh my god, white privilege is so real." Oh yeah, and I have it. And they're like, "Who's the white man who's letting you into this country?" Yeah, <laughs> like, you yeah. fucking moron. It made me so mad, <laughs> dude. And that—that's probably the only time that I ever was actually like offended. Yeah. At like a like I and I felt bad because like my family's Scottish and from Scotland. Yeah. I got a family. I got a whole bunch of family in Oxford, England, and family in Scotland. And I felt ashamed and, yeah. and angry well, that, should, like, yeah. that had taken place, right? Well, see, it's, the offensive thing there, though, is that guy's complete lack of intelligence. Yeah. I'm offended at how stupid that human being is. Yeah. You know? That might be the—I've been offended by complete— Idiocy. Idiocy. <laughs> but even then, I'm not even offended. I'm just, like, amazed that someone could have such little intelligence in their— Dumb head. Well, I was like angry because I was like, this guy, like I, I like Shroom Kareem is a, is a good friend of mine, yeah. and like, I, I think he's a, he's an intelligent guy. He's funny. He's great. He's yeah. like, and you're gonna fucking, you're gonna fucking act like he's some kind of weird suspect. Yeah, like that made me so mad. Also, what terrorist is using the Edinburgh Fringe Festival to sneak into a country? <laughs> Let me tell you, man, they were not fucking around. They oh, were like, really? there's cops walking around with machine guns really? at the fringe. Yeah, it was wow. like very. I was like, great atmosphere for comedy. And like <laughs> nothing funnier than an armed guard. Yeah. <laughs> and like they had all these like barriers everywhere, just preventing cars from driving into crowds. Wow. Yeah, it was it was serious business. Uh, they were not they were not fooling around. I mean, it was nuts, man. I got it was a crazy time. I got chlamydia out there. Wild. Oh hell yeah, brother! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> nothing wrong with that, my guy. <laughs> so what do you got? What do you got? What other projects you got coming up, dude? I got just I got this web series. We're gonna start filming that again very soon. I'm really about to get after it. We got um, the fashion show things coming up. I got a couple more shows that I'm working on that I can't really say anything about yet. But um, yeah, I got a couple things I'm producing, a couple things I'm making, and um, I don't know. That's about I, it. I think the web series and the 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 idea of you being in front of the camera on some show thing makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I to really me. enjoy it. I I think that's like I really think I could be good at that. If, because uh, you you're a little bit like you're you're like a you're like a chiller Conan yeah in a kind of way like Conan is able to he's able to be funny and zany in front of like the camera yeah zany is not an adjective I would ever use to describe you yeah but I feel like you're like like if Conan's like for the for the for the more pothead slash like. I don't even know where I mean, you're, what, you're halfway through my target audience, buddy. <laughs> yeah, version of Conan's audience. That's you're their Conan. Okay, Does that make good. Sense? I appreciate it. It's very nice of you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I you know I'm only calling it as I see it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm uh you know that's that's why I use the R word. Yeah, the fucking retards. <laughs> <laughs> you're the you're um, like the Conan for retards. Yeah, talking. Fucking, boy. <laughs> Takes one to know one, folks. <laughs> oh, that's funny, dude. Um. Yeah, man. Well, let, uh, where can people get after you, dude? I think we're we're almost in an hour, so I should probably wrap this 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 deal up. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty bad at this social media thing, but follow me on Instagram at uh, Tucker Brookshire. You can find me on Facebook. I don't really do much there, but you know, I'm bad at this. Do I'm, you guys post? You post the videos for the web series to Facebook? I haven't been doing, but I, are we to Facebook? Yeah, but you I don't have them on YouTube. Well, they're on YouTube. Yeah, you type in my name. 
I'm sure some awful clip from it's a year untucked, ago. Untucked, right? Yeah, untucked. Yeah, go check it out. You should go work for the company Untucked. I've thought about it. <laughs> I've thought about it, but then I'm like, do I want to be that guy? <laughs> Come on, guys. Oh, wait, that's two, two feet in the wrong hole. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, man, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. This was a blast. It's a good time. It's fun to, fun to, you know, spout off misogynist and racist shit. Hell on yeah. That's thing. what I do, baby. I swear to God, every one of my episodes, I'm, and I'm, I'm like, dude, I just, this whole, I sound like such a fucking asshole. I mean, I feel the same way every time I talk out loud. <laughs> I don't, you're not the only one. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, thank you for being my, the, the rare white guest I have on this podcast. Hell yeah, buddy. I had a blast. This ruled. All right. Meanwhile, guys, the madness continues. Awesome.